All right, I'm going to read from uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. It says this, Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. It is really important for us to grow up, Right? It's really important for us to grow up and become the, 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 the men or the women that we were created and designed to be. I want to read you a story about a mother who was driving her four-year-old daughter to preschool uh, one morning. She also happened to be a medical doctor and had left her stethoscope on the seat. As she drove, she noticed her four-year-old was really interested in the stethoscope and was playing with it. This mother and doctor began to think to herself, could it be that my daughter will grow up to follow in my footsteps? It would be wonderful if she would be just like me. Just then, her thoughts were interrupted as her daughter spoke into the stethoscope and said, welcome at McDonald's, can I take your order? (laughs) I was talking to one of our members, I was talking to our members uh, a few years ago And he was saying to me, I'm not sure what I want to be when I grow up. And the funny thing about that conversation was he was in his 50s, right? And that's, it's just awesome. The the, the great thing is now that same person is as retired from P&G and is the director of self-sustaining enterprises, Pete West. Now, I'm not saying that Pete, our director, could not, uh, you know, grow, grow up spiritually while working for Procter & Gamble. You know I'm not saying that, right? So he could grow spiritually while at Procter & Gamble because we know if it's not sinful, it's what? Let's say it again. If it's not sinful, it's Exactly, right? So if it's not sinful, it's sacred. So he can certainly grow in his relationship with Jesus Christ at Procter & Gamble. What Pete did was just change ministries, Pete was a marketplace minister when he was at Procter & Gamble, and he just ended up changing ministries. So what do you want to be when you grow up? Ever thought about it? Say to yourself, you know, when I, maybe my, my next career, okay, when, I, when I'm able to retire or when, uh, you know, I have, some, I have some extra time there or something that I'm doing, I'm not doing right now that I really would enjoy doing, put aside some other things in your life and just focus on what you feel like God is calling you to do. What do you, what do you want to be when you grow up? We need, each one of us needs to think that through. Now, you know I'm not talking about physical growth here, all right? We're talking about spiritual growth, how important it is to grow spiritually. There's a lot of talk today in churches about, you know, getting, getting you know, building much bigger buildings and getting more people into your building and all those kinds of things, and, and that is totally fine, all right? We want to grow as a church. Grace Chapel wants to grow. It's totally fine as long as you're doing it for the right reasons, Now, I really want to encourage, over the past few months, we've been talking about this more and more. I really want to encourage you, as the body of Christ, to invite more people to church, to get people involved in Grace Chapel. Get them involved in the journey, the spiritual journey that we're on. A lot of the things that we're doing are so unique and creative 
And it'd be easy to, to start up a conversation with someone about some of the creative things that we're doing. We were at Cedarville University this past week meeting with the president and a, and, and a lot of different people on the staff there. And all the things that we were laying out, we're talking about aquaponics, and we were talking about you know, some things that we're doing with business tree and all those things. And it was an incredible opportunity to see how people react to some of the things, the creative things that we're doing here at Grace Chapel. And it was amazing the many connecting points that we had with Cedarville University and how they want to partner with us on a lot of different things that we're doing. The same thing would happen if you interacted with your friends at work. Talking about some of the creative, out-of-the-box, innovative things that we're doing as a church. People are inspired by those things. So at Grace Chapel, we want to grow. We want to continue to grow because of our vision. Our vision to be a global community, a global community, not just here on this property, a global community of Christ followers, awakening imagination, igniting passion, and unleashing purpose. We want to grow because we're a healthy church. We want to grow because of our vision, not because growth is our vision. There's a difference. There's a big difference. For some, their, their vision is to be big. You say, well, what's the vision of your church? I was talking to someone a few weeks ago. I said, what's the vision of your church? Well, to be 3,000. Well, that's really great. We would like to grow as well. What's the vision? Well, it's, we want to grow to 3,000. You see, we want to grow as a church because of the vision that God has given to us. He's given us a clear direction, a clear vision. And so from that, we want to grow and build the kingdom of God. We just don't want to grow for growth's sake because some things come with that. More important than church growth is individual growth, is spiritual growth, that each one of us take the responsibility on ourselves to grow to become more like Jesus Christ. That is so important. Not just growth in a church for growth's sake, but focusing on individual growth and spiritual growth. We need to be different we need to be, as a church, set apart individually for Jesus Christ. Otherwise, if you say, oh, we just want to grow, sometimes you'll compromise the word of God. Sometimes you'll compromise who you are. Sometimes you'll compromise along the way in order to get to that number. Instead, you say, what is the vision that we have as a church? And God, use that vision, use us in our spiritual growth to draw others into a relationship with you. It's extremely important. And the apostle Peter raised this issue in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. He raises this issue about being different, about being set apart. Peter is writing to Christians. He's writing specifically to Christians and having told them in chapter one that they need to be born again through the power of the word of God, he now, he now ushers a challenge. He issues a challenge to the believers that he's talking to. In 1 Peter chapter two, verses one through three, we read it earlier, it says this, therefore rid yourselves Rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Peter issues three commands to believers. Now again, he's not talking to unbelievers at this point. He is, he, his, his point is to us and he's saying there are commands that you need to follow, okay? There are three specific, specific commands that you need to follow and we're gonna look at them here. And his challenge, his challenge is to believers and his challenge to us is to grow. 
is to grow. We need to grow. In our church, as we started this series, we started out with worship, which encompasses all things. Then we talked about connecting, all right? Connect, grow, serve, change the world. We talked about connecting. Uh, We had Chris speak last week, awesome opportunity. He did a phenomenal job talking about what it means to move forward in our relationship with Jesus Christ and how we can do that. And this morning we're talking about growing, connecting to the body of Christ and then growing in our relationship with Christ. And that is what Peter is saying. He's saying we need to grow. He's challenging us to grow. So there are three commands that we need to address here. If you wanna have a spiritually fulfilling life, if you wanna grow spiritually, there are three things that you need to do. Number one, in in 1 Peter 2, verse one, it says, rid yourself, rid yourself. We need to, in other words, that means to take off, it it literally means take off one garment and put on a different garment. Take off your old self. Take off those things that are holding you back from growing spiritually. Take them off and put something new on. Put on Christ. Put on Christ. So you take off, he says first, all malice. It's wickedness. Malice is wickedness. Wickedness has to do with living like those who who have no relationship with Jesus Christ, just living their lives any way they choose to live. So he says, put off this malice, this wickedness. Believers are to rid themselves of malice. They are to rid themselves or the desire that sometimes we have like to live like the world. He's saying, put those things aside. God is calling believers to be set apart, to not, not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He's saying, take off that old stuff, no more malice, no more wickedness, no more living like the world. I want you to be set apart. I want you to be different. That's how we want to grow as a church, to be different. We wanna live our lives in such a way that people are drawn into a relationship with Christ because we are different. Not because we're becoming more like the world and trying to attract them because we're becoming more like the world, but that we're being different, we're being set apart, we're ridding ourselves of first, he says, malice. So the question you have to ask yourself this morning and I ask myself this week, am I, am I living pretty much like my unbelieving neighbors or friends? Or am I trying to be different? Am I, am I, do I love them enough where I'm trying to live my life in such a way that I'm different? They look at, they look at me, and I'm not saying being holier than now, walk around like you're better than somebody else. It has nothing to do with that. It means living in such a way that you try to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ each and every day. When you make decisions, I was at the, uh, my, my son Joshua and I do Taekwondo together. We had testing this week. And sometimes Master K. Kim will throw out a question that you know, he hadn't asked on the, the sheet that we were supposed to fill out. And he said, well, how do you deal, how do you, how are you, how do you deal with self-control? How do, you, how do you control yourself in certain situations? And, how, and the first thing that came to my mind, I thought, great opportunity, about 20 people sitting around. I said, you know, Proverbs tells us to, you know, a gentle answer turns away wrath. I took it as an opportunity to try to reflect Christ to those around me, to try to be different, not just answer the question that maybe everyone else felt comfortable with. And it was great because people came up to me after and said, is that what you said, Proverbs? And what does that mean, a gentle answer turns away wrath? And I got a chance to minister to the people around me. It was great, a great opportunity. That's what Peter is saying, be different. Lay aside all of these things. So we have to live in a different way. Those who claim to follow Jesus Christ 
have to, have to see themselves, have to see themselves in a different light. Again, not holier than thou, not putting other people down, but living in such a way that you are a light, you are salt, you are the hands, the feet, the, the, the words, the encourager to those around you like Christ would be. And like I said, I want the church, I want Grace Chapel to grow. I want Grace Chapel to be as big as God wants it to be. I want to be healthy. I want to be strong. But I don't want to compromise his word in order to grow. I don't want to be someone different. I don't want to act like someone different. I know the trend is to be seeker friendly. And honestly, I want to be. I think about it all the time. We should think about that. How can we reach out and make our friends and neighbors feel more comfortable when they come into the church? I've done that all of my life as a youth pastor and now as a senior pastor. It's the reason I don't wear a suit on Sunday morning. If you wear a suit, that's fantastic. The reason I don't wear a suit is because what is the first question people ask you when you invite them to church? Anybody? What do I have to wear? That's why I do this. It's not because I don't want to wear a suit. It's because you say, well, well, the pastor wears, you know, his shirt and a pair of, you know, khakis or whatever. Sometimes he'll wear jeans with something. They feel more comfortable. That's why we have donuts and coffee out there. I don't have donuts and coffee because you guys can't afford to get your own donuts and coffee. We have donuts and coffee because a new person walks in and they're, they're standing there and if your hands aren't doing anything, you feel uncomfortable. You, don't, you walk into a place you've never been into before. You don't know the people. You're uncomfortable with where you are. If I can grab something in one hand and a donut in the other hand, I'm doing something. I feel comfortable. I can walk around. I'm, do, I'm eating a donut and drinking my coffee and relaxing like everyone else. It's the, reason, it's the reason we don't pass around the offering plate. Passing around the offering plate, I mean, we may change someday and start to do that, but the reason we didn't do it at Grace Chapel, we have the offering boxes, I point this out, over here and over here, that you can, where you can give. The reason we do that is because what's, what is the mo- one of the most uncomfortable times in a church service is when the offering plate is passed around and people who are new, they kind of, oh, I didn't bring anything or are people going to notice I didn't put that much in or, you know, they just feel uncomfortable. So we're trying to do, when I study, when I try to, I try to teach biblical truth in ways that everyone can understand. I can throw out theological terms and you scratch your head a little bit and try to look that up on your eye, whatever, and you know, figure it out. But I try, to, I try to take the time in studying to put the language in a way that everyone can understand, even a person who was here for the very first time. Some of these theological truths are really, really deep, if you will. But we try to, cre- we try to say it in such a way here that people, that everyone, whether you've been here for 30 years or 30 minutes, can understand what the heck I'm saying. So we want to be seeker-friendly, if you will. I want to do that, but I don't want to act like the world, hoping that your friends are gonna think, man, he's just like me. He talks just like me. He tells the same jokes that I tell, and when we hang out, he does the same things that I do. Because I wanna be just like him. I wanna be just like that person. Here's the thing. I wanna live, and you need to live, we all need to live as Christians in such a way that they ask questions that it makes them think about getting to know Christ, having a relationship with Christ, becoming more like Christ. When you speak up, when you stand out, when you don't go along, it makes people question, what is different about that person? Peter is saying, you need to be different. You can't go along with what everyone else is doing. You need to be different. So they ask the question, what is different about you? It is Christ. Okay, who is Christ and how can I become like him? 
because you are set apart. You are drawing them into a relationship with Christ because you are salt and light in the world and they see something different in you. They see something so different. So he says to rid yourselves. Peter says to be different. And he continues, and all deceit, he says, all deceit. He says, take off the garment of deceitfulness, okay? Don't be deceitful. Don't be a deceitful person. He says, take that garment off. Deceit is when, is when you, when you, when you kind of try to put some, something over on someone for your own profit or gain. So you're deceitful. You're trying to put it over on that person so that somehow you benefit, somehow you profit, somehow you gain something and they lose and you're being deceitful. If you deceive, my friends, you're not honest, you're not forthright, and you don't have integrity. How can, how can you lead someone to Christ? How can you be salt and light if you're deceitful? If people look at you and say, man, you can't trust that guy. You know, you know people like this and go to, you know, they go to church every Sunday, whatever, but at work, but they're the guy that you don't want to make a deal with. You, you, they don't, you don't trust them. And what an incredibly poor witness. So Peter's saying, no, no deceit, put that aside. Then he says, and hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is like playing the actor. You know, you're, you're playing the actor. It's acting like a Christian on the outside, but there's no heart. There's truly no heart for Jesus Christ there. It's acting like a Christian on the outside in the community. So the community sees you maybe in a certain light. So for example, maybe that will help you. You have a business right down the street. And if you, if you act that way in this environment, people will see you in a certain light and, and think of you in a certain light. And so maybe you'll grow your business or maybe you're a politician and, and you have to act the part so that people see you. This constituency sees you in a certain light so they'll vote for you so you'll get elected. And so really there's no heart behind it. It's really playing the actor, if you will. You may sing the hymns in church. You may sing the, the praise songs in church. You may sit in church, but it's not real. Peter's saying there's no reality there. It's hypocrisy. Then he says envy. Envy is wanting something that someone else has. Okay, it's wanting something that someone else has, has responsibility for or owns. And uh, Jesus' disciples many times were envious of each other. They would ask, who's gonna be the greatest in the kingdom of God? Which of us is gonna be the greatest? And so they had a little rivalry going on every once in a while. They had that envy and that pride. Envy and pride stunts spiritual growth. I, I, think, I think envy and pride is one of the most challenging things to overcome in our walk with Jesus Christ, no matter where we are in our spiritual walk. You know, some other church is getting bigger and how does that make you feel? Or somebody's getting a raise at work and how does that make you feel? And someone got a promotion. You didn't, and how, and the, the envy and, and, the, and, the, and the pride comes out and you do things you wouldn't normally do or it just ruins your day or ruins your week or ruins your life because someone else has something that you don't have. And Peter is saying, hey, don't live that way. How can you lead someone to Christ if you're, if you're envying other people, if that's a part of, your, of who you are? And you can't rejoice with those who rejoice. Remember we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. When something happens to any one of us, we're a part of the body of Christ. And when something good happens, if you, you get a new house or, or you get a raise or you get a promotion or you write a book or whatever, we should rejoice with those who rejoice. We should be rejoicing together in that. But he's saying you need to be set apart and not envy. Don't envy each other because it stunts your spiritual growth. Peter continues all slander. Slander 
slander is, is literally talking a person down. It's talking a person down. You get in a situation and you're just talking about that person, talking about a person behind their back in such a way that it puts them in a negative light. This is one that so many people struggle with. I think we all do. Everybody, you can raise your hand if I say, you ever struggle with it? Yeah, you know, I do. Slander of any kind, he says. It's putting, it's talking about someone behind their back in such a way that puts them in a negative light. And Christians do this really creative ways sometimes you know they'll laugh oh you know so and so is you know pastor jeffy i really i really like him ha 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 yeah we get, but you know what really you know what bothers me or you know so and so is so she's so whatever but you know <laughs> you know what you know what i heard about last week you know what she said the other day when i was i mean in order to put the other person in a negative light it's gossip it's the same as gossip And Peter's saying, you need to rid yourself. You need to take that off. Take that part of your life off. Now, I can sit here this morning and tell you this, and you're listening, and you're cognitively understanding what I'm saying, but the only way you're truly gonna take these things off is if you say, you know, I'm really, this is that one, boy, you really hit home on that one because I do gossip, and I I, I hate to use the word slander, but I kind of do slander people. And you say to yourself, I need to, take this off. I need to put this aside. I need to be done with this. I need to change my way of thinking. When, when it starts to come out, you need to stop. You need to take every thought captive, like the Bible says, and stop it. Stop doing it. You are not going to grow spiritually if that is a, a ball and chain around your leg, if you will. You need to put that aside. You need to take that off. He says, he says that malice and deceit hypocrisy, envy, slander need to be taken off like, an old, like, an, like some old raggy clothes. That's basically what he's saying. You need to take those things off like some old ragged clothes that you don't want to wear and then put on a new, a new suit, if you will. Put on something new put, and put on Christ. Put on the attitude of Jesus Christ. Put on the heart of Jesus Christ. Look, you know how hard it is? It is have you ever noticed it's so easy to let negative things just spew from your mouth? I, I, I'm sorry. It is so much easier to talk negatively than it is positively. But let me tell you, if you start to talk positively and encourage other people, those around you will be influenced by it. I had one of the most amazing things happen to me the other day. It was last week. What I try to do in a restaurant, if someone does an excellent job, I love doing this because it freaks them out in the beginning. It's just fun. And you say to the, the waitress or waiter, hey, can you, I like to talk to the manager. And usually it's like, when someone wants to talk to the manager, right? It's, you know, going to complain about something. Well, I like to say, I like to talk to the manager. I try to do it straight face too. And, uh, and then the manager comes over and I say, I'm going to tell you something. This person did an outstanding job. I mean, they were on everything. They were, they were you know, considerate of me. They, and I tell them all the positive things. They, and the person's just standing there and their, their face is just glowing. And, and, and last week, we were at uh, McAllister's, and we were sitting down, and Joshua, my son, who's nine, said, I, I'll be right back. I'm gonna, I just need to go up and, and say something. And he walked up to the counter, and you don't even have waiters and waitresses there, just the person at the counter who will say, can I take your stuff? Do you need anything else to drink? And he went up to the counter to tell the person in charge how wonderful or how great the, the, that person was. 
I almost started to cry. I thought, that's incredible. I walked out. I, I, I'm sorry, I walked out with, I was, I was just like floating on there. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's my son. That's my son. But you know, it's, it's just amazing how, but what if you're critical all the time? And what if you're, you know, gossiping all the time? Don't you think your kids are gonna pick up on that as well? You know, I, have to, I watch myself and we have to watch ourselves because we, we are raising our son and we wanna make sure that he has that, that encouraging spirit. And so it's so easy to be negative, but it's so difficult sometimes to be positive. But Peter is saying, if you will, hey, the next time you go to the restaurant, think of something encouraging to say, not, th- not thinking about some, some way you can run that other person down where you can malign them in some way, but be positive. Help them see a difference in you. Help them see the love of Jesus Christ through you. See, all that stuff belongs with malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander. All those things belong to your old self, okay? If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, all of that stuff that I just laid out for you or Peter laid out for us belongs to your old self. And Peter is saying, you know what? That's the old, this is the new. Put on the new. Start to grow spiritually. Do you wanna grow? Then you're gonna have to let those things go. If you want to grow spiritually, you and I are going to have to let those things go and we're going to have to battle against them. We're going to have to do everything in our power to lay those things aside because for some of you, your parents were that way, your friends were that way and it's become a habit and it's difficult for you not to do those things. Maybe you were taught in business school how to achieve and how to get ahead and how to succeed and so some of those things are part of your repertoire of how you do things at work. Peter's saying, "Uh uh-uh. No, you can be successful without them. And I'll tell you the truth, it doesn't matter if you're, if you're less successful. Don't do them anyway, is what he's saying. There's more important things in life than, than reaching a certain success level at work or any place else. And that is being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Because when you're on your deathbed, my friends, you won't be calling for your portfolio. You won't be asking to see your trophies again. It'll be the people around your bed who love you, who matter the most. And more than that, it'll be you laying there by yourself knowing who you are and that you've lived a life that was honoring to Jesus Christ. That is what's truly going to matter. So ask yourself, what is holding me back from taking the next step in my spiritual journey? What's holding me back? What what in those things that we've talked about or other things are holding you back? The second command that he gives us, the second command he gives us is to basically crave. He says to crave. In 1 Peter 2.2, it says this, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Talking about growing up again. We need to grow up and become like our Father in heaven. Grow up and become like him. If you want to grow, if you want to grow, it is, it is, it is not only important to, to put off or lay aside these things, but it's so important to crave them. So Peter says to lay aside those things. Now what? We've laid them aside. We're fighting against them. Now he says to crave pure spiritual milk. So it's not only important to put aside those sins in our lives, but now we need to crave. We need to have this, this passionate love of Jesus Christ and to crave the word of God and to crave that pure spiritual milk that we get from his word. Crave it, desire it. Want it more than anything else in your life. Desire God, crave God and the things of God, the things of God, not just 
Like the things that you know honor God, the things that you know will bring glory to God, the things that you know that when you're all finished, God is gonna say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You need to crave those things. The word translated here, crave, is the same word that's used in Psalm chapter 42 and verse one. You remember that song, as the deer pants, as, I'm not gonna sing it because I'm not as good as my daughter singing. Um, but it, it says this, as the deer pants, okay, craves, pants for streams of water. So my soul pants for you, my God. It's that craving. You know, you ever, you ever really, really thirsty and you get, a, I mean, you know, soda and tea's okay, but sometimes you just want that really cold drink of water. There's, you crave it. You, after a, a workout, you're like, man, I just need water. And that's what he's talking about, craving that. That's what you want. That's what you desire. So th- my question is, do we have, do you have a longing for God? Do you have a longing for, 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 for God in your heart? Do you want to know him? Is it your desire to truly get to know him? Do you have a desire to connect to the body of Christ, the things of God, the body of Christ. Christ is the head, we are the body. Do you have a desire to connect, to connect to the body? Do you have a passion to grow through the reading of God's word? I I thought about it this week again. One of the reasons Christianity is really struggling is because we've become extremely lazy when it comes to reading the word of God. We struggle and we get angry at God because we're going through certain things or we don't know what God's will is for our lives and we we get frustrated about that. But what we don't do many times is pick up the word of God and find out what he wants us to do. Do we have, do we have a desire? Do we have a heart? Do we have a passion to grow through reading the word of God? Do we have a heart to serve Jesus Christ to change the world so that we can change the world? Do we want to connect? Do we want to grow? Do we want to, do we want to serve Jesus Christ? Do we want to change the world around us? And I'm not talking about you change, you're going to change the whole world. I think people get frustrated about that sometimes. So they think, what can I do to change the world? How can I change the whole world? You change the world by changing the people around you. Investing in the life of one toddler in the children's ministry. Someone told me this week, they remember the name of their Sunday school teacher when they, were like a, when they were four years old and the impact that man had on their lives. You change the world by changing the people around you. But that's a real challenge for a lot of us to want to connect and to grow and to serve and to change the world. It's hard because we're being pulled in so many different directions. There's so many things crying out for our attention to take away our energy and take away you know, the, the, the time that we have in our lives. There's, there's sports, and, and not, none of these things are sinful. None of them are terrible. I'm just saying they're calling out and they pull on us, and that's why we don't spend as much time, whether it's work or whether it's sports or whether it's hobbies or whatever it may be. All those things are crying out for your attention. All those things are crying out for you to give them more time instead of spending more time with God. God should be the priority of all things and everything else should revolve around that. Peter is telling us that if we want to grow, we need to long for the presence of the Lord. We need to long for the presence of God. Now, if you're thinking, man, you're, man pastor, you, gosh, I used, I used to crave I remember when I used to crave God. I, I used to crave for the things of God, but I've gotten myself into more of a, a spiritual rut. I really want to encourage you 
Over the next few months, we're going to be, in the series we're in now, in the series that are coming up, I really want to encourage you that, that this is going to be a time where you can grow spiritually, where, where you can really, the next few months are really, I believe, are going to help. Because honestly, we're in this together. One of the great things that I think about Grace Chapel is that we are a family. And we're in this together. I say it all the time. I want to I grow old with you. I really do. Like, I want to grow old with all of you. So we're, we're in this together, and honestly, we're in it for the long haul. This is not a sprint, okay? This is a marathon that we're in. So if you don't have that, that craving, that panting, that desire, that hunger for God right now, you know what? That's okay, because together, maybe we can reignite each other. Together, together, even over the next few months, some things can happen in your life together as we walk this journey together that may change the way you're thinking. You may have lost your passion. Your fire may have dimmed a little bit. But I want to encourage you, this series forward that we're in right now is going to help. Okay, And then we're going into a series series called Transformed. This is going to be another amazing series. I think I have one of the books. This is like a journal that we're going to, each one of us is going to have. And it has, sunny, has notes for sunny mornings. It has, um, for your life group, there's notes for your life group. There's daily devotions in here. So for seven weeks, we're going to go through Transformed. And it's going, to hit in, it's going to hit on seven critical areas of your life where you need to grow spiritually, where you can grow. So it's called Transformed. It's going to come. We're going to start this series on February the 23rd. And I really want to encourage you, even now, to start looking at what life group you're going to get connected to. Because part of this is that we go through seven weeks together. Like once a week, you go to a life group. And you don't have to stay in the life group. If that's seven weeks, I want to encourage you to go to a life group and go through this series. We're all going to go do together as a church. We're going to do it on Sunday mornings, one day during the week in our life group, and also daily in our daily devotions. We're going to do it all together. Also, all the churches around the country, there are thousands of churches around the country and around the world who are going to grow spiritually together and go through spiritual growth and transformation together. So this is not just a Grace Chapel thing. It'll be for churches all around our community, our country, and our world. And I'm just excited about it, and I want to encourage you to either go online we're re, we have rebuilt our website, so it'll be up and running tomorrow, the new website, which please go on and see it. It's amazing. So we'll have the website, and all the life groups will be on that website. You can get all the information you need from the website, or this morning we have um, some, of the, uh, some, car- some cards out there that have life group information on there. So pick one of those up, and I say go now because you can go to different life groups, life groups and see which one best fits your needs. Okay, so that's going to be a great series for you to get involved in. The Christian faith is about dynamic living. It's about us living a dynamic life. It's about yearning to know God. See, the church is not an organization. The church is a living organism made up of people called called to be told out of the world, if you will, with a passion for Jesus Christ. It is not an organization. It is an organism made up of people called out of the world with a passion for Jesus Christ. That is the church. And that is the dynamic life that Jesus Christ calls us to. Peter says to put off the old life, crave nourishment, crave the nourishment of God's word. Crave that. The third command he gives us is to grow up. Like we said in the very beginning, to grow up. So we need to grow up. To grow up means that you never stop learning. 
You never stop learning. I don't care how long you've been a Christian, you never stop learning. You continue to learn. When you're putting off the old things, when you're, when you're, when you're longing for the things of God and his presence, when you have that, that passion in your heart for Jesus Christ, then you will grow in your salvation. You will grow up, Peter says, in your salvation. And here's the deal. Here's the, the scary deal, okay? And, you, and if you've been a Christian long enough, you know this is true. If you're not growing in your spiritual walk, if you're not growing up in your salvation, then you're going backward. No one stays in the same place. If you're not growing in your faith, then you are dying in your faith, we need to continually move forward. Life is about knowing God. It's about growing in our relationship with God. Knowing God helps us through the ups and downs of our spiritual journey. Some of you are on ups right now. You're up, man. You're on the mountaintop. God is doing amazing things in your life. Others are in the valley. So many things are happening to you, you can't even figure it out. And you're saying, God, what, why is this happening to me? Go to the word, go to God in prayer, but go to the word. God will answer you through his word. God will answer you through his spirit, illuminating the word of God to you. It helps us through the ups and downs of our spiritual journey. And my friends, it is never too late to grow. No matter how old you are in your, in your, in, in your relationship with Jesus Christ, you can always learn something new. So what do you wanna be when you grow up? What, think about that. What, what, what would you like to be when you grow up? See, if God is going to fulfill, if he's going to fulfill the purpose that he has for our church and for us as individuals within the church, we all need to commit to growing spiritually. You want, want to know what God's will is for my life? What's God's purpose for my life? What's God's plan for my life? You want to know that? then you need to commit yourself to growing spiritually. You need to commit yourself to engaging in, in, in a life that is honoring to Jesus Christ. We need to commit to that kind of life. Ask yourself, what, what, what will it take? What will I need to lay aside in order to become the person that God has created me to be? How can I grow in my knowledge of God? How can I grow in my relationship with Jesus Christ? Let me ask you one last question as we close. Why should you grow? Why should you grow? That's the question, you know, because you say, well, yeah, pastor, you're telling me I should grow. It's really important. So you might be asking, why should I grow? You need to grow. One of the reasons you need to grow is that, so that you can be prepared for the plan, the purpose, the goal that God has for your life. God is gonna call you, or he is calling you, you may not just be listening. God is gonna call you to some specific purpose. God is calling you to his plan. And in order for you to be prepared for what he may call you to do, you need to grow, or else you will, be, you will not be able to take that path. Because you say, what is God's will for my life? And sometimes God may lay that will out. You won't walk on that path because you're looking down that path and saying, I, I could never do that. I am not capable of doing that. Look out throughout biblical history. Look at Gideon. Look at Moses. Every single one of them basically did the same thing. Hey, wait, you got the wrong guy. <laughs> whoa, 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 you got the wrong person. If we grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ, then when that time comes, we're gonna be ready 
we're gonna be ready to walk the path that God has for us. And we'll talk about that more next week. You see, here's the deal. The world needs champions, guys. The world needs champions. The, the world needs people who are gonna take on the challenges that so many people face. There are so many challenges that the world faces and the world needs champions, people who are willing to take on the challenge, people willing to stand up for the weak and the oppressed and the discouraged and the lonely and the abused. And God is calling each one of us in our lives, to invest in the lives of others, and we need to be prepared to do that. This world is longing for, this world desperately needs people who have the courage and are prepared to take on the challenges that this world is facing. We need to grow. If you're retired, I would love to talk to you sometime this week. Call me because there are some opportunities for ministry I'd love to get you engaged in. If you're really great at business, You need to get involved in self-sustaining enterprises and be a part of that team. If you love children, then you need to be engaged and you need to be involved in investing in the lives of our kids in our children's ministry. We need to use the gifts, the talents, the abilities that God has given us. And in order for us to do that, we need to be prepared to do that. And I'm willing to help so many of you, as many as I can, be in that place where you are prepared. We need to develop, we need to develop into mature Christians ready to take on whatever God calls us to do. You and I need to grow because we need to be prepared. And he, the way this church has functioned in the, over the last 14 years, okay, we, we, we are just getting started. And as God expands our territory, as God calls us to do even more unique and creative things, you all, not, not, not me, okay? You all need to be prepared to take on all that God is gonna bring to our doorstep. It can't be one or two or five or 10 or 100 people. Everyone needs to see themselves as someone that God is going to use to impact the world around them. Even if it's one person around you. We all need to be engaged in this together. So prepare your hearts. Get ready, get ready, because God is gonna use you. And he needs you to be prepared. He needs you to be, he needs you to put out that armor, that armor that he has for us so that we can march forward and fulfill all that he has for our lives. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. We thank you for this opportunity. We praise you, Lord God, for giving us your son Jesus Christ and your Holy Spirit to fill us, to fulfill all that you have for us. Help us to grow. Help us to be the men and women you've created us to be, Lord God. Help us to see your word as our, as our, as our guide, as our roadmap to success in life. We pray these things in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. Have a great week.